So we play like a business development role, we play a little bit of a contracting role, kind of a patent management role, a scouting sort of role. And, and at a company you have like four individuals for each of that in, at, at UCSF or at a lot of institutions. You kind of have one person who, who, who does those different roles. Welcome to Strategy for Scientists. This is a podcast for scientists interested in learning about business strategy through stories. I'm Kevin Hartman with Strategy for Scientists at the University of California, San Francisco, UCSF. Today we will hear from Todd Pazdera, Assistant Director of Licensing in the Office of Technology Management, or OTM, at UCSF. We just heard Todd describing the scope of his work. Put briefly, he helps set up agreements between academic researchers and industry partners. In research collaboration agreements, a biotech or pharma company will work together with an academic lab to co-discover or co-develop a new product. Todd explains why companies might seek to set up agreements with academic labs. UCSF is a world-renowned medical life science institution. So the reason that companies want to come here is because we have the best of the best experts in particular biological areas or life science related areas. It's really hard to find that in industry unless you can scoop somebody up from academia, right? So in general, pharma and biotechs just simply don't have that kind of basic science expertise. And for them to get it, they would have to poach a 20-year scientist from a university, which is really hard to do. So, rather than try to develop their expertise in a particular biological area, companies rely on the basic scientists in academia. Todd explains that academics similarly benefit by relying on the expertise of companies to develop and commercialize their science. For this discussion, Todd talks about collaboration in the therapeutic space, since this is where many of OTM's big partnerships have been formed. What the company's bringing is the, the drug discovery. So they're, they're the ones with the huge libraries of small molecules for drug discovery. They're the ones with the uh, antibody development expertise. Um, many companies have their own unique proprietary antibody systems for doing discovery. So they, they collaborate with us. A lot of times they do the screening over at the company, and then they'll send the leads back to us and then we'll do the uh, basic science in the mouse models, animal models, to see, does this look like it's ameliorating the phenotypic effects that uh, the mouse model is a system for, for modeling human disease. The way to use a very scientific approach to, to drug discovery, you need both of those elements. You need the strong, deep, long biological expertise, and you need the drug discovery capabilities. To screen thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of compounds, you need companies like Pfizer and GSK and, and so forth that have rooms full of robots that screen through hundreds of thousands of compounds, right? Not something that can be done here at UCSF. In a research collaboration, the partners come together to develop something that would have been more difficult or impossible to create on their own. Another kind of agreement that OTM handles is license agreements. These are for cases where UCSF researchers have already created something of value. As a scientist, you may want to protect your exclusive rights to the value of your discovery or your creation by filing intellectual property rights. 
License agreements are then the contracts that govern the use of these discoveries. So the main focus in our office is licensing. And what that means is that we set up a license agreement to convey UCSF's rights in intellectual property. And that intellectual property can either be patent rights, trademarks, copyright, know-how, materials. Those are all different forms of intellectual property. And the license agreement conveys the rights that we have. Um, it gives a license to the licensee to utilize those rights. So we're not transferring the rights to them. We're just giving them a time-limited license to be able to use those rights. And generally, the reason that they want those rights is to be able to exclude third parties from practicing what's uh, protected by those rights. Okay, it took me a few tries to understand the relationship between intellectual property rights and licenses. So let's take, for example, a case where UCSF holds a patent. That patent is a set of rights that UCSF has to exclude others from using their invention. This patent would have been granted by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office after UCSF filed a patent application. Now, if UCSF wanted to let someone else use that invention, presumably in exchange for a royalty payment, they would set up a license agreement with that person. There are similar agreements for the other forms of intellectual property that OTM or the Tech Transfer Office handle, such as copyrights and trademarks. Todd gives us some categories of research that are potentially patentable. So for a uh, patent right, uh, a patent license, um, typically that would th be things like diagnostics, therapeutics, what we generically call platform technologies, medical devices. Those in general are the sort of four main categories of things that we might file patent applications on, which hopefully someday will become patents. Um, and, and it's those patent rights that we license through the license agreement. The next type of intellectual property that Todd deals with is copyright. Copyright assigns the rights to use, reproduce, or distribute creative works. Journal articles, for example, are restricted by copyright. So what aspects of research would be covered by a copyright license? Copyright typically is software. I mean, it can be anything that's um, uh, written in a tangible medium. So it can be uh, methods that are written out, it can be pamphlets, etc. Um, but typically, if we're talking about a copyright license, it's for software. The last type of license agreements are trademark agreements. Trademarks are the names and designs that identify a brand. UCSF's logo itself is regulated under trademark, but what branding might faculty need to be trademarked? Trademark is probably the category we license the least, but for us it would be, you know, maybe a faculty member, especially with software, they might be calling it something, right? They have some sort of acronym or something that they're using in connection with the software, and it's possible for us to trade, try to trademark that name, and that could provide value to the company as well, and we could license, license that. So the Office of Technology Management sets up the agreements that allow other parties to use various forms of UCSF intellectual property. Todd explains the process they go through on behalf of the scientists. I mean, the first thing that we typically do is we negotiate um, terms for the agreement, um, and usually that focuses on the financial terms. 
Uh, and we develop those terms using a variety of methods. Um, the simplest of the methods is to look at other deals in similar space. We also use a, a number of business-related methodologies, like calculating net present values of, of uh, future potential revenues um, from the potential products that are made. Um, that can often be difficult depending on what stage the technology is in. So, um, you know, in many cases, we're licensing uh, earlier stage technologies. And so one of our goals is to move towards further developing those technologies in-house uh, so that they, they have increased value before we go out and, and market them. While financial terms are critical, there are important non-financial terms as well. So diligence is another key component for us outside of the financial terms. So diligence is making sure that the licensee is developing products in a timely manner so that they're meeting specific milestones that are set out in the agreement. So again, if it's therapeutic that they're reaching phase one by a particular point, they're reaching phase two by a particular point, so on and so forth. So we don't want anyone shelving um, university technology. So we're not in the business of licensing patent rights um, simply to you know, make some money and have a company put them on the shelf. We want those patent rights to be used to um, protect a particular product that's going to make it to market and help, help patients. The process doesn't end once the terms have been settled. The OTM or other tech transfer office will take a role in maintaining the agreements between academia and industry. I have some licensees where it's like you do the license and they send a report every year and maybe you see them in a meeting and you get a little update, you say hi. Um, I have other licensees where I'm involved um, on a regular basis in patent strategy discussions. Maybe there's adjustments that need to be made to the license that are being requested by the licensee. Um, maybe there's new IP that's come out. Um, that could be beneficial to the existing licensee. So you have to either amend the license or do a new license agreement. You obviously have to um, monitor the agreement, like payments, um, you know, making sure the diligence is being met. In all, license agreements are one of the ways to make sure that research done at UCSF has real impact. While both parties in these partnerships want to make scientific discoveries, there are very different attitudes between industry and academia on how discoveries should be publicized. Todd works on behalf of the scientists at UCSF to protect their interests. Publication is the cornerstone of an academic scientist, so everything we do um, is done in a way to ensure that our scientists can publish. Sometimes we have to work out some you know, unique mechanisms, if you will, to make sure that we can we can publish and that the partner feels comfortable. Let's say the partnership has gotten to the point where we've identified a potential drug candidate that's going to move forward into clinical trials. Well, that is something that um, you know we would we would want to consider uh, keeping under wraps until patent application publishes. So usually we come up with other mechanisms to make sure that we can publish, such as um, publishing on what we call tool compounds. So they're compounds that are related to the actual drug candidate, but not the drug candidate itself. And those tool compounds 
have the same, um, relatively same biological effects in the model systems that are being studied at the scientific level. So we can still publish on those, can still show the mechanism, but we're not disclosing the actual structure of the, the potential real drug. Despite distinct interests along many of the terms of an agreement, Todd makes sure that the overall partnerships formed are mutually beneficial. I mean, you know, everything's a negotiation, right? I mean, that's, that's what makes our job, to me, that's what makes our job so fun. It's, to me, it's all about negotiation um, and, you know, coming to terms that um, uh, both parties feel are fair and reasonable. Partnerships of this sort allow two separate entities to use their specialized expertise in a productive way. In the case of industry-academic partnerships, the academic side typically handles the basic research and discovery, and the industry partner sees a product through development and commercialization. We thank Todd for sharing with us his role in setting up collaborations where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Thank you for listening to Strategy for Scientists. If you're interested in learning more, check out the online lectures co-produced by iBiology and the UCSF Office of Career and Professional Development. We would like to thank the Burroughs Welcome Fund and the NIH National Institute of General Medical Sciences, NIGMS, for grant funding. Thanks also to the PRX Podcast Garage for the studio space and helping us get started with this production. Tune in here for more stories about scientists using strategy.